1: I'm Flick Everett and I'm Yahoo's Senior Lifestyle Editor. Welcome to the Life Edit Podcast. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest editor and we'll be discussing the top stories of the moment. This past year has made most of us more conscious of our health than ever before. So that's why today's guest is very timely. It's our health reporter, Alexandra, and she's here to talk to us about antibiotic resistance. Hi, Alex. Hi, Flick, lovely to see you. Thank you very much for coming. So it's quite a weighty subject, I think. So before we get onto that, Let's have a little question because I know there's been a lot of difficulty and pain for nearly everybody in different ways this past year, some more than others, but also I have seen people talking about the positives that have come from this situation too. Some people are talking about spending more time with their family, you know, the lack of commuting, working from home has been good for them, getting a dog even. So what has your silver lining been if there has been one with this past sort of year and a few months? Oh, well, I haven't got a dog unfortunately I think for me personally it's been I
0: feel so well rested I think I've caught up on about a decade's worth of sleep because obviously socializing wasn't possible for so long and I've not been commuting I've been working from home the entire time so I just feel like I've really caught up on the sleep that I lost during my whole adult life.
1: yeah I think that's a brilliant answer because I think for a lot of people it's the same thing we're not pushing ourselves perhaps in the same way that we used to 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 do everything to go out to work to commute you know have people round. it has been quite relaxing I mean for me as well I usually feel quite guilty about relaxing and not doing things and I'm always thinking oh you know they had us round. I should have them round. I need to cook dinner on Saturday for loads of people this time I've just been watching box sets and mm. it has been really nice and I do have dogs they weren't pandemic puppies I had them before but they have been a real comfort actually when I've when I've not been able to see my family having two spaniels has been a very nice thing so I think from a health perspective as well dogs do loads of good things so when you can get a dog that's my advice
0: yeah there was a study that found people to um, comfort in their pets during lockdown
1: absolutely they really were they really were because my family are hundreds of miles away at the moment and I couldn't see them for a very long time and it was very difficult but knowing I had two dogs who loved me anyway and would come and sit with me on the couch and be cuddled that was a huge huge bonus and I loved it so I'm very grateful to them they're lovely um moving on to more weighty matters so antibiotic resistance I mean this sounds so scientific, but actually it's a huge issue that can affect everybody, can't it, if we don't get a grip on it? So why aren't we talking about it more and what actually does it mean?
0: Antibiotic resistance occurs when antibiotics are drugs that work against bacterial infections, the bacteria no longer respond to those antibiotics. so it's actually a huge huge issue and in terms of why we're not talking about it more often this has been bubbling under the surface for decades ever since the penicillin was discovered by alexander fleming it's been an ongoing issue and it is on people's radar for the time being there are still antibiotics that work but we are approaching a really critical point where there may be some infections that are just incurable I think during the pandemic, other aspects of health have taken a bit of a backseat. They're not making the headlines, but antibiotic resistance hasn't gone away just because we're not hearing about it during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point because so much has been pushed to one side while we've all focused so hard on coronavirus. But this actually is always ongoing, as you rightly say. So how big a problem are we talking about? I mean, could we all suddenly find ourselves dying of bacterial infections once again, like in Victorian times, you know? Is it going to be a global problem? How, how huge is this issue?
0: Well, the World Health Organization calls it one of the biggest threats to human health, and the statistics here are really, really stark. In the US, more than 2.8 million antibiotic-resistant infections emerge every year, killing over 35,000 people. I think one of the most well-known is MRSA. It's a bit of a mouthful. That stands for Methicillin-Resistant Staphylococcus aureus. So We'll call it MRSA. But that lives on the skin of around around one in 30 people completely harmlessly but if it gets into the body it can cause really quite serious infections to the blood the lungs the urinary tract and as its name suggests methicillin resistant staphylococcus aureus this is a bacteria that once responded to the antibiotic methicillin and no longer does and in the us more people die every year from mrsa then AIDS, Parkinson's disease, emphysema, which is a lung condition, and murder combined. It's just such a huge issue. I mean, gonorrhea, that infects around 44,000 people in the UK every year. It's resistant to nearly all antibiotics. It has evolved into a superbug. There is just one class of antibiotics that still work against gonorrhea, and they're called cephalosporins. So this is not an issue that's not at the forefront. This is something we have to be dealing with
1: now. That's absolutely terrifying when you explain it so starkly and indeed correctly, obviously. So I imagine a lot of people might be thinking, well, if we can tweak the vaccines for coronavirus, for instance, why can't we tweak antibiotics to make them work better? You know, we have all these labs, all these scientists. Is it not possible to improve on the antibiotics we have? Why can that not happen?
0: So bacteria are living organisms. They just happen to be microscopic. So they evolve just like animals and plants evolve, but they evolve very, very quickly. You can actually track their evolution in real time in a laboratory, whereas in other species, it's over hundreds of thousands of years or millennia. So it's like survival of the fittest. They will evolve and the mutations that help them to survive will stick around. So if they're exposed to an antibiotic that's trying to kill them or slow their division, they'll have mutations that protect against that antibiotic those mutations will then stick around. So they'll pass them down to future generations. They can also pass them between each other, which is called horizontal gene transfer. So it's just like survival of the fittest, but it happens very, very quickly with bacteria. And in terms of tweaking them, I mean, it's not quite that simple. Pharmaceutical companies aren't really incentivized to create new antibiotics, because when you think about it, an antibiotic rids you of an infection generally pretty quickly. So if you compare that to something like a high blood pressure drug or a high cholesterol drug, chances are you'll be taking that every day for the rest of your life. So it's much more lucrative for the pharmaceutical company. Antibiotics become less effective the more they're used. So quite rightly, medics are told not to dish them out unnecessarily. If the bacteria develop resistance to the antibiotic, the antibiotic is essentially useless. So again, profits curtail for the pharmaceutical company. So they're not being developed as much as we need them to be.
1: That's really alarming. So a lot of this comes down to money and profit, but also I'm interested in what you said about GPs not being allowed to oversubscribe. Was the problem partially caused by oversubscribing some years ago, do you think? Yes like I said,
0: antibiotics are only effective against bacteria. They will do absolutely nothing if you have a cold or flu or any other virus. But there have been medics who've come out and said they feel under a lot of pressure from patients. If a patient doesn't feel very well, they want to leave the doctor's office with a prescription in their hand that they believe will help them to feel better. And there's also a case of Antibiotics can be what we call specialised, where they only work against certain bacteria, or they can be broad spectrum, where they work against a wider range of bacteria. So a doctor may prescribe an antibiotic for a particular infection, and actually they don't quite match up when it's sent to the laboratory for analysis, so they have to change the antibiotic. But if they're a little bit slow to do that, the bacteria has a better shot of developing resistance. There is another aspect of this, if we're getting really into it, It's so important that people take antibiotics as they're prescribed. So if you're prescribed a week's worth and you feel better after four days, you don't just stop taking it. You have to take it for the full time because even though you feel better, that bacteria may still be in your body. And if you stop halfway through, it has a better shot of developing resistance
1: see that's brilliant because I've always wondered that the last time I took them it was because I'd been to the dentist and had some horrible painful procedure and they gave me a whole bag of antibiotics and as you say I did feel better and my teeth felt fine and I thought oh I don't want to have to take these you know this is not good but my boyfriend who is very scientific said you have to I don't care how much better you feel get them down you for exactly the reasons you've just explained so yeah I think it's very tempting to just quit isn't it so are we building up resistance to these things or is it more that there are new types of bacteria appearing that don't respond to them or is it a case of both or neither? (laughs) Probably neither.
0: It's not a case that we're developing resistance. It's the bacteria. They evolve so quickly, they mutate so rapidly, much, much faster than humans or any other animal or plant does. So they're evolving in real time to protect themselves against these drugs that are trying to destroy them. So some antibiotics target the cell wall of the bacteria, they disrupt it, which kills the bacteria, or some of them just suppress their division. And while that's taking place, the patient has a better chance of fighting off the infection naturally with their immune system. So the bacteria looking out for themselves are trying to protect themselves from this drug that is trying to destroy them.
1: It's so alarming, isn't it? It just makes us feel as if our bodies are in a constant war with bacteria. So if a GP gives us antibiotics and we sort of think maybe I don't need those, you know, I am actually feeling a bit better is there ever an argument for saying actually no don't prescribe me antibiotics because i am worried about the growth of antibiotic resistance is there anything else you can give me or if you get prescribed them should you just take them no matter what
0: well look antibiotics can be life saving and if you have a bacterial infection it's so important that you take them if that's what's prescribed to you the centers for disease control and prevention which is an official body in the us they do recommend that if you're talking to your doctor and they seem a bit too keen to prescribe antibiotics you could say I'm concerned about resistance is there another option although not everyone necessarily wants to question that authority but I think really if you're prescribed them it is really important that you take them word for word as prescribed like we said but it's also really important that you don't put your medic under any pressure if you've got the sniffles antibiotics are going to be completely useless anyway Why add to the problem?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly that. Um, Now, what about side effects, which is a slightly side issue, but I know that they can affect certain people. I have read that they can affect your gut flora. I mean, is this something that we should be concerned about? They can affect the gut flora. So
0: because they combat bacteria, some of what we call good bacteria that reside in our gut, and they do all sorts of things. They don't just digest your food. They boost your immune system. They're being linked to mental health. They can wipe out those populations as well in terms of sort of compensating by taking probiotics the research is really muddled it's pretty inconclusive whether there's any benefit to that also there's such a range of bacteria there's a range of probiotics there's a range of antibiotics getting them all matched up and replacing the one you lost is quite complex and the the evidence isn't really there Side effects. Serious ones are rare. Allergic reactions are more common. Around one in 15 people are allergic to penicillin and cephalosporins. But most of those reactions are mild and they can be controlled with antihistamines. But of course, if you know you have that allergy, you should tell the medic. If you feel really out of sorts, you become seriously unwell, that could be a severe allergic reaction and you need to seek medical attention.
1: Yes, good advice, definitely. Don't just assume that you're supposed to be feeling terrible. This is just generally good advice in life. Um, Just on on a more serious note as well, how has this affected prescribing around coronavirus? Has it been an issue during the pandemic or is it just something that's rumbling underneath? Has it come into contact with people who might need them while they're ill with coronavirus?
0: Well, there is evidence that this is becoming more of an issue during the pandemic. So, like I said, antibiotics become less effective the more that they're used. So people who are severely ill with the coronavirus may catch what we call a secondary infection. So quite commonly, that's bacterial pneumonia. So even though the antibiotic won't help you overcome coronavirus any quicker, it can combat that secondary bacterial pneumonia. And if you are severely ill with a coronavirus and then you catch another infection your chances of having severe complications become higher. So some medics have issued antibiotics just to be on the safe side but actually, there was a recent study published in the Lancet Microbe Journal, and that found that up to 85% of people in the UK who were hospitalized with the coronavirus in the first wave were given antibiotics, but just one in 10 of them actually needed them. So they are being given out when they're not needed a really quite stark rates. I mean, 85% given them, but just 10% needed them.
1: That's very, very scary as a statistic, isn't it? It makes you feel we're awash with unnecessary oh, yeah, antibiotics. So is this a global issue or is this a sort of privileged West issue where we get antibiotics willy-nilly and the rest of the globe is crying out for them? I mean, is it across the world or is it just kind of on our side of the world? It's a global
0: issue. Nobody's immune to this. In developed countries where there's more perhaps public health measures in place, more vaccinations... This may be less of a concern because if you don't catch the infection in the first place, you don't need to be treated for it. But also outside of the UK, well, outside of Europe, I should say, antibiotics are frequently used in farming. I mean, in the US, around 80% of the antibiotics that are sold are used in animals. And the antibiotic resistant bacteria can then reach people via the meat. Now, this is banned in Europe, but it takes place in the US. It takes place in Asia. So this is a global problem.
1: It really is. And we need to keep an eye on that as we open up more to the globe as well, I imagine. So what else can we do about it? It feels sort of irresponsible to be adding to the problem in a way, doesn't it? So there's lots of things you can do.
0: Um, Like I said, never put your medic under any pressure to give you antibiotics. Don't skip doses. Don't share doses. If you're prescribed two weeks' worth of pills and it comes in a packet with three weeks' worth, don't save the leftovers for future use. You need to dispose of them in a sealed bag. You could even mix in something that's not very pleasant, like coffee grounds or cat litter. So if any young children or pets are poking around the bin, they're less inclined to touch the antibiotics. Uh, Keep up to date with your vaccines. Lots of bacterial infections can be prevented through vaccines, for example, diphtheria and whooping cough. And also just hygiene i mean if you go to the toilet and you don't wash your hands properly and there's an antibiotic resistant bacteria in your gut that could then get onto your hands it's on the door handle of the bathroom you're socializing with friends maybe one of them has a suppressed immune system because they have a condition like diabetes you could pass on that bacteria and if it's resistant to antibiotics that person could become really severely unwell so we all have a role to play in this so wash your hands sing happy birthday, whatever you need to do, but it could really be really effective if we all just take these things more seriously.
1: Thanks, Alex. So this is obviously a huge topic to explore. There's so much more to know than we can possibly cover today. So if people do want to go a bit more in depth into this somewhat worrying issue, do you recommend anything that they should read just to give them a bit more information and a bit more insight into what's going on with it?
0: yeah absolutely there's a great book called the drugs don't work a global threat it's available on amazon it was written by professor dame sally davies who's england's former chief medical officer she delivered a TED talk on this and she said that she loses sleep over antibiotic resistance. So it's just a really accessible book. It's around 100 pages and it breaks it down into why we should be so concerned, but more importantly, what we can all do about it.
1: Brilliant. Thank you. I sort of want to read it and part of me is a bit scared, but I'll probably try to. I'll do the responsible thing. <laughs> we can't thing.
0: bury our head inside. said <laughs>
1: I know, I need to get mine out. Thank you. This is all we've got time to discuss today. But if you'd like to read more and keep up with all the latest health news, you can head to Yahoo Style UK to find out more. And thank you, Alex, for joining us today as well. Thank you. Next time, I'll be talking to another of our experts. So don't miss that. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed it, please write us a review and make sure you subscribe on your favourite listening platform.